Merry Christmas and welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory continues in his Power Pack series, The Gift of Salvation. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. We're going to look at the gift of salvation part two. And on last week, we talked about we're living in days uh, where as believers, these are challenging times as Christians, right? So it's always good for us to consider the wonderful benefits that we have after we've received this free gift called salvation. And so in light of these wonderful benefits, our explanation of salvation should be exciting, exciting when we share this with our family members, coworkers, and friends. How many of y'all are going to be around people today that don't know Christ? Raise your hand. Family members, co-workers, friends. And so never be ashamed of this gospel. And sometimes it's not what you say, it's actually how you live. And so let's look at our opening text. Psalms 103, uh, stanzas 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, that which he has given his rewards. Now, I don't know about you, but I gave my life to Christ because my life was jacked up. And I believed that giving my life to Christ would make my life better. Right? The purpose was not to stay the same or to go backwards. The purpose was to give my life to Christ so that it could get better. How many of y'all, your life has gotten better since you gave it to Christ? Look, look around the room. That's the majority of the people in here. And so he said, don't forget all of the benefits, that which he has given or his rewards. Some of those benefits are he, for, he for, uh, forgives all of our iniquities, our faults, our, our mischiefs, our evils, and our sins. He heals, he mends, he cures, he repairs. He's our physician, all of our diseases, our sicknesses. He redeems and buys us back, purchases us, ransoms us, ransom us, ransoms us from a life of destruction. And he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed. And that word renewed means to rebuild and repair like the eagles. And the analogy there, is there anyone in here over the age of 60? Raise your hand if, if you're over the age of 60. That's still young. I got five people that said amen to that. That's still young. And, and this is a Bible promise here where he says he will repair and he will rebuild. So that means as you're aging, he's repairing and rebuilding. Now, if you can receive this so that at 60, they don't know if you're 60 or 40. What about at 70? They don't know if you're 70 or 50 unless you tell them, right? And that's all he's promising right here. These are some of the benefits that, I mean, we shouldn't age like the world ages because we don't live hard like the world lives, right? John 3.16, the Passion Translation says, For this is how much God loved the world that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience Zoe everlasting life. Or life the way God intended it. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For it is only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this great salvation. 
For it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. I just want to take 10 seconds and let's just all thank God for the wonderful gift of salvation. Yep. Come on, even online, just in your bed, wherever you're at right now, just lift your hands and thank God for this wonderful gift called salvation. On last week, we looked at several things that were keys when you're sharing this gift with other people. Uh, people have to acknowledge and, and repent from sin. The problem is we don't need to tell them what they're doing wrong. How I many of they already know what they're doing wrong? We need to talk more about this free gift than we do about what's wrong in their lives. We looked at number two. It's their choice to make. Don't try to make people. How I many know God is too good? Right? And just like no one made you, don't try to make other people. We looked at this gift as free and not earned. It's important that they understand they don't need to go do something to get their lives, lives right. They need to receive something that will help them get their lives right. Right? Because it's not earned. There's nothing they can do. All they can do is believe and then receive that. And then we looked at how he demonstrated his love for us. What I love about God is that when we were at our absolute worst, he was at his absolute best. He wasn't waiting on us to get it right. He sent his son while we were yet sinners. Anybody thankful for that today? And then number five, we looked at how to receive this wonderful gift, and that's where we left off. Let's pick up from there. And I want to encourage you today to not be afraid to share this gift with others. It's still under point number five. And let's read Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I love this particular text. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The word gospel means good message. How many you know we shouldn't be ashamed of this message? We should wear it proudly. Talk about it all the time. Somebody asks us, why do we wear that smile? Because God's been good to me. Right? Don't be ashamed of the gospel, the good message of Christ or Christos, the anointed Messiah. Then it says, for it is the power, the force, miraculous power or ability of God. It's the dunamis. So what you've got to understand, if you're not ashamed of it, that good message has all of the capability, force, power, and ability in it to deliver whatever it is that you share with other people from that word. Right? So if you're around people and someone's sick, don't be afraid to pray for their healing. Because how I many know there's enough power in that word to back up your prayer? Right? Never be ashamed of that. For it is the power of God, watch this, unto salvation. You all see that? What is the power, ability of God to salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and then also to the Greek? And so if you'll be bold enough to share it, how many know God will release his power to back it up every single time? And I don't care what it is. It could be an incurable disease. How many know that's not too difficult for God? Now, let's pick up with number six. Some of the benefits of receiving the gift of salvation. Uh, letter A, you are accepted. So many people are running around looking for acceptance. And how many know you cannot be more accepted than you already are if you are in Christ? You're already in the in crowd. Can't get better than this. Anybody glad to be accepted? I want to read some things here to you. And I pray that this just really hits your spirit. 
Ephesians 1, 6 out of the New King James Version reads this way. And I'm not reading the whole verse, but it says, He made us accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted in the beloved. He made us accepted in the beloved. That word accepted means we became the objects of his favor. Can you imagine that God became obsessed with winning you? And he went to the length of sending his only unique son just so that he can have a personal relationship with you? I want you to think about that for a moment. If you're single in here, man, you cannot be chosen by anything better than God. Now, this is going to shock you. And then whatever you get on this earth will be minuscule compared to God. Great as my wife is, she cannot compare to God accepting me and vice versa. Would you say that's accurate, babe? So we became the objects of his favor. Watch this, though. In the beloved. You notice that's singular, not plural. So he's talking about Jesus there. In the beloved is in Christ. And so he no longer sees you as you are. He sees you the same way that he sees his dear son, Christ. Now, I'll bear that out in Ephesians chapter 1, 5, and 6 from the Passion Translation. It reads this way. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. My God. And this unfolding, unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. This is important because it means that as a believer, we stand before a holy God and all the acceptability of his son. I want this to sink in for a minute. That means he accepts us the same way he accepts his son, not any less. Think about this for a moment. So the same rights and privileges that his son has, we have. I'll say it another way. The wonder of this whole thing is that Christ doesn't see you, or God doesn't see you the way that you actually are. We see ourselves the way we are. But the only way he sees you is in Christ. And so what Satan tries to do is make you feel shamed, condemned because of what you did. And all God is saying, I don't see you that way. I only see you in Christ. I'm glad he doesn't see me the way I really am. Somebody ought to, in here right there ought to lift your hand. How many of y'all as human beings, we all have weaknesses and shortcomings. And he doesn't deal with us based off of those weaknesses and shortcomings. He only deals with us in Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 out of the Passion Translation. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. And behold, everything is fresh and new. So, so I mean, when I become in Christ, everything that I used to be died. And I'm a new creation on the inside. And then everything else becomes fresh and new. 
How many know that takes time? Now, that's called transformation. That, that's called growth. Over time, I start to transform and look more and more like Christ. But I don't have to go back to what I used to be. Everybody clear on that? No, who in here is not going back? Nothing to go back to, right? So, so this is a powerful statement. Can I read this? This is a powerful statement. This also means that the believer is so welcomed into God's presence that as long as Christ is welcome there, you're welcome there. <laughs> and guess how long that is? Letter B. At salvation, we immediately become a child of God. John 1.12, we talked about this a little bit last week. I want to look at it a little differently. John 1.12, in the New Living Testament says, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, privilege, power, and authority to become children of God. Now, I want you to think about how great of an honor that is to be called a child of God. Most of us would consider it an honor to be a child of a great world leader. Most of us would, right? I won't mention names because then people will politicize that, think I'm on one side or something or the other. But so what about Bill Gates, though? If somebody here was a child of Bill Gates, wouldn't that be an honor? Would you be worried about anything financially? Hmm? Would you ever even think about food, transportation, a place to live? No, you wouldn't think about those things, right? Because you're the child of a great financial leader. And how many of you know his money is pennies compared to God, who gave him everything that he has? I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. So then being the son or daughter of God, of the God of the universe, the, the eternal ruler of the universe has to be a much greater honor. To be able to say that I am a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, rather than saying I'm the child of some earthly leader, has to be something marvelous in my eyes. Right? And so guess what, folks? You should walk around like your daddy is the king of the universe. Because he is. Oh, can I? Which means if you need something, you can literally go for him, go to him, Ask in his son's name, and if you really believe that, he'll get it to you. And listen to this. That's anything because all things are possible to him that believes. If you need transportation, how many know God can get that to you? If you need a job, how many know God can get that to you? Whatever you need, God can get that to you. One day, folks, even the angels in heaven are going to bow down and say, Jesus is Lord. Romans chapter 14, verse 11 says, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. What's left after every? Nothing. So everyone, whether you do it on this earth, how I many know whether you're in heaven or hell, everybody's going to have to bow. And acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Now, wouldn't wisdom tell you to go ahead and do that on earth? 
right? And then what wisdom would teach us? Go ahead and do that on earth so that you can do that in heaven for the rest of your life. And we'll close with letter C. At salvation, we are justified. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, the Passion Translation says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. You all didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Somebody say, I'm flawless in his eyes. You notice how we're never flawless in our own eyes? But in his eyes, we're flawless. Somebody need to metacrate on that a little bit. Because all we're spending so much try, time trying to be what? Flawless. In the mirror, at the hair shop, nails, clothes, hair, right? Trying to be something, listen, that he already made us. Why don't you just hug yourself and say, I'm flawless. Now, now, now say it in his eyes. Now say it by faith this way, and I'm flawless in my eyes. Do you believe that today? Come on, are you thankful for that today? So our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Now, two words there, true and lasting. Now, if there's true peace, then there must be fake or false peace. True peace means, right, it's a Greek word, irony, peace there. It means to be set at one again. So that means whatever was wrong between you and God, God says, I, I'm making that right when you receive my son. Right? And, and what he's saying is, I'm going to give you true and lasting peace for the rest of your life so that you can sleep good at night. Right? You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Right? I, I don't care how many of these variations and strains come, strands come in the earth. They're not going to come near you. I know it's tough, right, because we're living in it. But his blood is more powerful than every strand of COVID, every, every ounce of it that will ever enter this earth. His blood is more powerful than that. And what he's saying is you're going to have this lasting peace with me for the rest of your life. And our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts from within us when we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. As I wrap this up, God the righteous judge declares the new believer not guilty. And a lot of times what keeps the new believer from coming is because they actually know what they did. And all God is saying to you today is he cares nothing about what you did. He only cares about what his son did. And the moment you accept what his son did, then he wipes out everything that you did. That, that's a deal, folks. That, that is an exchange that is, it is mind-blowing, right? Because we sit there and we think, I know I did. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. There's no way. And God is saying, the moment you are in me and you receive my son, 
Your sins, I blot them out, and I don't even remember them anymore. So God the judge declares every new believer to be not guilty. Then he looks upon him or her as though they never sinned. And the reason that God can do this is because of his son, the gift of Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died as a substitute, bore all the punishment which was supposed to come to us so that we could live right before him the rest of our lives. Now, this new believer, this is the part I really want to make sure I leave you with today, will never ever come into condemnation another day in their life if they've truly passed from death to life. And I'm going to explain this a little moment as I wrap this up. I want you to think about this. We, we, we confess this, uh, this verse that I'm getting ready to read wrong so much. And we say that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How many of y'all have ever heard that? That's not what that verse says, right? And, and we, we, we do that and we keep doing wrong. How many of you know that's not what he's saying? So we do wrong and we say there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, right? We do wrong and we say there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We do wrong and we say there's no condemnation. I mean, that's not what the verse says. Let's read it together. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, wait a minute, Pastor Greg. That is what it says. It's exactly what it says. But that's not all it says. Who do not walk according to the flesh. So you can't read the first part of that without the second part of that. So, so, so there's no condemnation to those who do not walk. You got to say all of it. If you're going to say one part of it, you got to say all of it. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but then you can't stop that, but according to the spirit. So now we're just talking about there's no condemnation. It is the moment you receive Christ, just keep living for him. Then there's no condemnation. But how many know the Holy Spirit will convict you when you're wrong? Anybody ever been there before? I said, anybody ever been there before? How many of y'all the Holy Spirit has convicted you when you were wrong? Right? Well, what is he convicting you for? Because he loves you. And he's trying to keep you from something that's not good for you. So I want to make sure we were clear on that. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Look at what John 5, 24 says. I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. And that's all God's offering somebody today, watching online or sitting in this room. He's offering you the, the gift today to pass from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life where you never have to experience judgment, condemnation, or never be without peace another day in your life because you are in Christ. You get to stand before him as though you've done nothing wrong your entire life, and he's offering you the opportunity to wipe your slate entirely clean. I don't know about you, but, but what a Christmas 2022 would be 
if I can walk out of here not guilty. Let's all stand to our feet. What a 2022 would this be? How to end one year and go into another year. If I can walk out of here with all the mess I've done off of me. I want to read something to you that I learned in Bible school, and I'm closing. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Watch this. Which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to give you a formula and an equation. I learned this in Bible school. Presentation. If you'll get up every day and present your body to God as a living sacrifice, that means my body is the temple. It's where God lives. And today I'm going to use it for his glory. And I'm going to live holy. Number two, it's all in this verse, separation. You're going to make a decision to get up every day and not be conformed to this world's ways. You're going to avoid that. Avoid that. I'm not doing things the way the world does it. I'm doing things the way God does it. And then three, transformation. You are now going to commit to renewing your mind and thus change your life. Because you can't change your life if you don't change the way you think. So every day I'm going to get up, make a decision about my body. I'm gonna, when I walk out, I'm going to live separate from this world. And I'm going to renew my mind today so that my life can actually reflect this new way that I think. And then letter D, demonstration. You're going to prove that you belong to God by doing his will. So whatever his word said, that's what I'm going to live out this day. And then we came up with, just, with this equation. Presentation plus separation plus transformation plus demonstration equals victorious living. I just showed you how to win every single day of your life. This doesn't mean you won't have challenges and things won't come against you. But this is a formula that you can win with every single day if you'll commit to it. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away, and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, 
please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.